the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. Welcome to the interview with Hugh Hewitt, sponsored by AndrewandTodd.com. Andrew and Todd are with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. They help you with all your real estate lending needs. If you're refinancing your home, if you're buying a new home, if you're a senior who wants a reverse mortgage, if you're a veteran who doesn't want to put any money down, whatever it is, if you're in the private real estate market for yourself, and maybe you want an investment property, try AndrewandTodd.com or call 888 Now on to the interview with Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back, America. Hugh Hewitt live inside the Beltway. So pleased to welcome the governor-elect of Virginia. Uh, Good morning to you and great to have you with us, Governor-elect Youngkin. I have not had a chance to say that yet. I wanted to make sure I said it right. Good morning. Good morning, Hugh. Thank you for having me. And and it's just been great to be with you through this whole campaign, but it's especially great to be with you this morning. So thanks for well, having me. I hope you got some sleep. I've got a number of questions. None of them are trick questions. I just sort of want to get your thoughts as they exist right now. Have you named a transition director yet, uh, Governor-elect Youngkin? Yeah, we have. Uh, long time, long time campaign chief operating officer, Jeff Getman. We're working on transition. We were in the office yesterday working on it. So we got started on, uh, you know, we've been, Within a few hours of uh, of having that great crowd with us uh, at at our at our announcement and and uh, we're already moving and you know, there's a lot to do, Hugh. Uh, we've got to get ready and we have a big agenda for day one and so we're getting to work. Now I don't expect answers until you take office. I kind of hope you do the FDR thing, which is to stay away from the mess in Richmond until you actually have the authority to fix it. But you'll be doing planning, et cetera. Will you read through or have someone like the former attorney general now in private practice, Richard Cullen, read through the state constitution, the code, and really tell you what your powers and authorities are as governor? Yeah, we, we of course, we've, we've been through that a bit over the course of the last 10 months. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to working with our, uh, with our uh, majority in the House of Delegates, uh, which, you know, there's still some races that I think have some have a little bit of counting to do, but sure looks like we've got a, a good majority in the House of Delegates. That was awesome, and and uh, you know we had victory declared there, and and I think we're going to have a really constructive uh, path forward. I spoke to a lot of leaders from the from the uh, Democrat leadership yesterday in both the Senate and uh, the current leadership in the House of Delegates, and and we're just going to have a constructive path forward. I mean, if the kitchen table issues that were at the heart of this uh, election process of low taxes and and education, of course, and better jobs and safe communities. These are issues that everybody can rally around. And so we're going to pull together, I think, a, a very strong, strong agenda, which everybody everybody has heard about uh, over this campaign and get moving on day one. Has Mrs. Youngkin given any thought to what she wants to get done as First Lady of Virginia? I'm curious if she has a transition in mind. She does. And she was starting to work on that yesterday, too, as she was down in the transition office with us. And, and uh, I think she's got a lot of things that really mean a lot to her. One of the things she and I both are quite passionate about is, is uh, really taking on human trafficking. And it's been an issue. It was our very first policy issue that we laid out in this, in this campaign. And, uh, but I think there's, there's a lot of uh, really important issues that she's going to focus on. We've got uh, a meeting today with uh, the current governor Northam and his wife 
And uh, I'm looking forward to that because he's, he's uh, really committed to help us transition in a very seamless way. Uh, and so this is getting started and uh, time to go to work. And I'm really looking forward to it, Hugh. It's going to be an exciting four years. Now, now, Governor-elect Youngkin, um, do your kids have to change schools? I always wonder about the very human element of this sort of stuff. Are they old enough that they don't have to, or, or do you have to do that? No, we, we have, we have one, our fourth son, our fourth child, who's our third son, Thomas, is in high school, but he's a junior. And so we're going to, we're, of course, going to let him finish where he is. And, uh, and uh, he's excited about that. And our other two are in college. And then, of course, our oldest one, Grant's graduated and is, and is doing life. So we're in great shape from a, from a kid's standpoint. It'll require us to, to move back and forth a bit. But uh, we already started to think about how that's all going to work. And, and we're just going to ask for God's grace to help us get it all done. Are you going to uh, do a Carlisle Group talent dip? I mean, uh, you, you know a lot of the smartest people in the United States. They work for Carlisle. Are you going to go in there and grab a few people and bring them down to Richmond? Well, I don't, I, I don't know exactly where they're going to come from, but I will tell you this. We're going to have the very best people. And one of the things that I'm excited about is just the amazing talent that has uh, already reached out and said we're excited about being part of this next uh, administration in Virginia and uh, focusing on things that are really going to make a difference in, in Virginia's future and Virginians' lives. And so I think we're going to have an enormous well of talent to choose from. It's already started to show up, and uh, that's really exciting. You know, the uh, superintendent of schools, James Lane, has been there since June 1 of 2018. Do you get to name a new superintendent? I do, and I, I've committed that uh, by early December I'll name a, a new secretary of education and a new superintendent. And uh, we're already starting that process to find the very best people to do that. And we've got a big agenda in education. I think one of the things that was clear in this, uh, this campaign is that uh, education is at the forefront of voters' minds. And it wasn't a Republican versus Democrat issue. It was just it was a universally uniting issue for parents. And so, you know, we've got a big charter school initiative to put forth. We want to make sure our curriculum is really at a very high standard. We're going to raise expectations in our schools. We're going to have a record budget for our for our Department of Education to, to put to work to raise teacher salaries. And and so we've got to have just a you know, world class all star team. And we're already starting that process trying to find those folks. You know, when uh, Bill Lee went in Tennessee, he asked Larry R. and the president of Hillsdale College to sit down with him on charter schools. And they did. And they got a good program. I am curious if you'll go outside of the box. Now, I haven't talked to Arthur about this, but I threw it out on Twitter. I hope Glenn Youngkin picks Arthur Brooks, who's now a professor at Harvard Business School and the, and the Kennedy School of Government, formerly ran AEI, asks him to come and serve as his secretary of education. Will you go outside of the box as opposed to getting an educrat? Uh, and God bless educrats, but they're not really innovative, uh, innovation driven, Glenn Youngkin. Well, you, you know, I'm an outsider in this. I came in with a very fresh perspective uh, and we are, we are going to do things that are going to make a difference. And I expect, I expect to have an extremely talented cabinet around me. And, yeah, we're going to be outside the box in a lot of these choices. Uh, and that gives, we have, we have uh, time to make sure we're assessing all of the, op, all of the talent that's available. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to do things uh, the way that they have been done. And, and that's one of the, I think that's one of the great privileges of stepping in as an outsider is you get to think outside the box. Now, I've got to play for you very quickly, Governor, two quotes by my friend, and she is my friend, Yumi Chow Cinder, at the Biden press conference yesterday. I just want her question so you get how your election is being framed in the national media. Cut number eight, the beginning, Ben, please. Can you play that for the governor-elect? What should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid 
similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues and false claims about critical race theory. Okay, stop right there, then play cut number nine or follow up. What's your message, though, for Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race, education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effect? Okay, stop right there. So false claims and lying. She's talking about you, uh, Governor-elect. I don't believe you made any false claims. I don't believe you, Misha, knows what happens at Thomas Jefferson High School in Loudoun County or throughout the state. I don't believe she's read what Christopher Rupo has discovered about what Terry McAuliffe directed his Department of Education to do on critical race studies eight years ago. But that is the, Yamich is standing in for every other member of the left-leaning, completely co-opted part of the media that that blocks and tackles for Democrats. What do you say in response to that? Well, well, Hugh, losing is hard, I know. Okay, And this is what you would expect. I mean, we united people around education. And it, it was not a divisive party issue on our side. We brought people together from all walks of the political spectrum, Democrats, Republicans, independents. Uh, and, and we saw support across every minority group. And it was around education for our children. I mean, children are not, children are not a divisive issue. Children, children are the future. And the fact is that what we, what we expressed on our campaign was a, a, a real agenda to get politics out of the classroom and work on educating children to be ready for life, college ready or career ready with a curriculum that actually allows them to excel and run as fast as they can. And, and of course, there's always children that need some extra help and, and investing in our special ed program in Virginia because kids with, uh, kids with disabilities in Virginia have really, really been challenged during this time period. So ours was a very practical, comprehensive approach. And and I understand, I understand that there's a lot of folks on the left liberal side of the Democratic Party that look at this and want to try to see it through a completely different lens. It's just not, not true. And I know losing is hard for folks, and they're going to make excuses. But at the end of the day, we're pressing forward with an agenda that's going to unite folks around a great education in Virginia. We will have the best schools again. And I just look so forward to, to preparing Virginia's kids for a great life. What worries me, though, Governor-elect, is that Yamiche isn't the Democrats. She's the media, and she's PBS. We pay for Yamiche, and people like her who are presenting what you did as a lie and as a false claim. CRT, which is a subset of CT, and I've been studying CT. You didn't have to go to law school. God bless you. I did since 1978. It's racism. Their, their central theory is that racism and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle and social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudice of individuals. In other words, systemic racism. And the media has embraced it, and they believe it, and it's contrary to our 14th Amendment. It's contrary to Brown v. Board. How do you fight that? If it's in the water, if everyone thinks everybody's a racist, how do you fight that? Well, I think first, you we actually appeal to the better side of ourselves. And I, I found myself during this campaign really drawn to those immortal words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., where we are called to judge one another based on the content of our character, and not the color of our skin. And I think we have to keep talking about it. We have to keep talking about it, what it means to actually focus on character and not focus on race. And let's be, let's be uh, clear. Of course, racism exists. It, it, uh, it, is, it always has and it always will. We have to try to root it, root it out when we, when we see elements of it. But at the end of the day, we're called to love one another, and we have to try to live our lives that way. And uh, the, moment, the moment that we throw in the towel 
and concede that that uh, we have to we have to all of a sudden start teaching our children to view everything through a lens of race. We've all of a sudden lost. And I just think we're better than that. I think Virginians are better than that. I think there are shared values that everyone everyone can can in fact uh, pull pull together and and embrace that we're going to focus on our children's future and helping them in fact get ready and and just begin to and just reject this whole concept that we have to teach everyone that race is at the base of everything we do. Now, I know you are a Christian. You don't wear it on your sleeve, and I appreciate that. I'm a Christian. I don't wear it on my sleeve, but I'm very easy about it. It, it. Racism is a sin. We don't believe in it. We reject it. But I am amazed at the Beltway's embrace of a false narrative. Maybe Christopher Rufo may have helped lead them that way. Are you acquainted with his work from the Manhattan Institute governor-elect Youngkin, Chris I, Rufo? I, 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 I haven't, you. I, okay. He, he has basically used... He, it's okay. You'll catch up with him eventually. He He's the one that found the 2015 Department of Education directive. McAuliffe was governor then telling the Virginia public schools to embrace critical race theory in order to re-engineer attitudes and belief systems. So it's in the water. Are you are you familiar with the Thomas Jefferson High School admissions controversy? I, I, of course I am. And I think one of the things that we felt strongly about is that, that our governor's schools in Virginia should in fact be meritocracies, um, and they should they should embrace the idea that that there will be there will be assessments and testing in order to to uh, be admitted, and on top of that, where there's uh, groups of students that feel like they need extra support in order to get ready for that, then we should find ways to provide that extra support. But yeah, there's a state in, in all cases. In all cases, we we in fact have to we have to allow our children to soar to the highest heights. And then those that need, need extra support, we should we find ways to provide it. And by the way, I applaud your emphasis on special ed. I know so many parents who've struggled through the last 18 months, and they need a lot of help. And I, I did not hear you give a speech without mentioning that. Kudos on that. The State Board of Education has nine members, Governor-elect Youngkin. Uh, some of them are, are set to run in terms through 2025. Can you fire them all, or do you have to wait for them to be termed out and start slowly to replace? You don't even get a replacement under their terms until June of next year. Yeah, so we, we actually will ha you know, have rolling appointments. That's just the way that uh, the Virginia appointment schedule works with the Board of Education, and we'll be making those rolling appointments. And uh, we've already got lots of people who put their hands up to, to be part of that. So as I said earlier, I think we're going to have a real deep well of, of capability and, and, uh, and leadership on our Board of Education over time. And, and I do believe that we're going to end up with a with a curriculum and an approach towards education that really will allow Virginia's kids to soar. Three more questions, Governor-elect Youngkin. Thanks for the time this morning. I appreciate it. I know you're probably exhausted. Universities in the state, whether it's the, the university, whether it's William & Mary, whether it's George Mason, James Madison, they are fundamentally unbalanced. Uh, the left has marched through them. How does the governor get these state-funded institutions under the control of non-ideological players? Should Should... The hiring of faculty be taken away from faculty and given uh, given to people who are fair. Well, let me start. We, you know, Virginia's Virginia's uh, college system is ranked in the tops of the country. It's very, very good, um, and I'm incredibly encouraged by the quality of education that uh, Virginia that kids who come to school, uh, college in Virginia. Um, I think that you know, over time, we need to make sure that again. Our universities are providing a, an education that's balanced, that we have freedom of speech that is that is uh, full, fully embraced on our university campuses, and that we don't have a cancel culture on our university campuses. And that's a real challenge, I think, on, on many campuses today. We, 
I mean, I will say we 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 saw it uh, during the election a bit, and uh, and I think that's one of the things we have to really really focus on. Um, I also think that we've got a great opportunity with our historically black colleges and universities. Um, I pledge to include funding for our HBCUs in my first budget, uh, and I will do that for every budget that uh, comes thereafter. And so, uh, you know, Virginia's universities are some of the most respected in the world. Um, we're going to continue to make sure that they stand for the ideals that uh, we all embrace. And and having having our First Amendment right fully expressed on our on our university campuses is really important to me. Now, now there's a new campus springing up in Alexandria, Amazon HQ2, and a new campus of Virginia Tech. Are you going to have a special representative for what is going to be the new Silicon Valley? The East Coast Silicon Valley is in your state. Yeah, I, I believe I believe that innovation has to be at the heart of this of my next administration. Virginia has has not uh, over the course of the last few years been, been a great place to start a business. We're ranked 49th in the nation as best place to start a business. And so we will, in fact, have a big focus on innovation. And I'm looking forward to take it, tapping into the great talent that exists. Um, what's happening in, in uh, northern Virginia, particularly around Amazon uh, HQ2, is really exciting with the Virginia Tech Innovation Campus. Uh, but we have to have uh, innovation spread across the Commonwealth. And there's a great opportunity to, with, with accelerators and incubators uh, to actually grow, grow around all of our great universities. Um, and I've been very excited to watch the corporate partnering that's gone on, particularly between Hampton Roads and uh, and Richmond. That is as great. They actually, as they, as they embark on a new innovation corridor that would extend down I-64. So this is a great opportunity for us to really unleash Virginia innovation. And, and, and this is something that's really exciting for me because, of course, when it comes when it comes to starting business and creating jobs, having a thriving, thriving entrepreneurial culture is really important. Last question and short one. We got 15 seconds, Governor. Who's going to help you pick judges? Uh, well, you know, Governor doesn't do that in Virginia, uh, and so this is that's left to our legislature. And and uh, you know, so as the as the uh, legislature sorts its you know sorts out its leadership, because one of the things they're going to have to do um, is get all those committee assignments set as we as we as Republicans will take back um, the majority in our House of Delegates. Uh, and of course, there's the Senate will stay with uh, the Democrats in control, but it's a 21-19 uh, ratio uh, in, in our Senate. We're going to work constructively together. And as I said, I started out my day yesterday speaking with leadership from the from uh, both the Senate and the House that has that have been uh, good, you know, good leaders for the Democrats. And and I'm looking forward to an incredibly constructive working working arrangement. And we're going to get a lot done. Glenn Youngkin, it's great to talk to you, Governor-elect, and I look forward to talking to you early and often. Congratulations on a victory heard around the country. Thank you so much, Hugh, and you have a great day. And again, I appreciate always you making time for me on your show, and I look forward to continuing it. Anytime, anytime, Governor-elect, Governor Glenn Youngkin, it's great to have you. Be well. That concludes today's episode of The Interview with Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening. Make sure you come back and check out all the other podcasts on the Salem Podcast Network. And remember to thank our sponsors, andrewandtodd.com. If you believe in long-form interviews like I do, then do your real estate transactions with Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian. I've known both men for a long time. andrewandtodd.com. Go there, answer a couple of questions. They'll tell you what's best to do with your house or call them at 888-888-1172. You'll be glad you did and you'll be glad that you listened to the next episode of The Interview. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.